Thanks for tuning in to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast, Safe Talk, with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. What's going on, everybody? And thank you so much for joining us. We have another episode of Safe Talk for you. It's Billy Floyd. It's Jenny Hunter. And we are locked in. Jenny, how are you? I'm great, Billy. I am sitting here looking at the sun at the end of a sunny day. We had three days of lockdown because of a snowstorm. We got over 40 inches where I live. It's just been a monumental snowstorm. We've set records for all time <laughs> for this area. And today is gorgeous. The sun's shining, the snow is white, and it looks like diamonds, and I just love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, nothing like a good old winter wonderland in the great state of Wyoming, the cowboy state, <laughs> the greatest state to ever exist. I cannot get enough. I also cannot get enough of what we do here on Safe Talk. We have another great episode for everybody listening at home. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And before we get into the thick of things, we want to let you know that, of course, we always say this, we want you to be a part of the conversation. So if you want to connect with us in any possible way with questions, any type of comment, you want to let us know something. We are here for you at all times. So please feel free to shoot me an email. You can reach me at williamperiodfloyd214 at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok with the handle at one Billy Floyd. So shoot me a message, shoot me an email, say what's up, whatever you want to do. And Jenny, how can people find you? Well, my personal email is jlh35 at hotmail.com, and it doesn't matter, lower, uppercase, does not matter. Anywhere on social media that someone wants to look, if you look up JR's Hunt for Life, which is our nonprofit, uh, you will find me. So if you go to um, the web, if you go to Facebook or Instagram or any of those, um, uh, platforms, you will find JR's Hump for Life, and you will be able to reach out to myself or any of our other admins in that fashion. Um, also, my phone number, 307-259-6032. I, I don't hesitate giving out all of this contact information because that's what we do. We save lives. I don't care. People can call me anytime they need to. They can text me. Um, I actually get uh, messages from um, other countries, and it's just awesome that we can help people through this technology that we didn't have years ago, but now we do, and we can help people all over the world. That is what it's all about, helping people at all costs and helping people pretty much 
everywhere, any possible place, we want to be there and we want to help. And that is why we do what we do on this podcast, Safe Talk. So now we're going to get into it. We're going to talk that talk. Jenny, I know you're ready to share some wisdom here for us. Today, we're talking about things people say that are code for I'm passively suicidal. I think there's 15 things on this list, Jenny, and I know you're going to get through as many of them as you can here today on this episode. But before I ask you about some of those things that people say that are code for I'm passively suicidal, can you please explain to me what it means to be passively suicidal? I feel like there's definitely a difference between maybe passively suicidal and being actively suicidal. So why don't you enlighten everybody here, Jenny? Well, sure, Billy. Now, it's just like anything else in life. If you uh, are thinking about, let's say, going to movie and uh, a dinner, and you're just thinking about it, you're not acting on it, then you're passively considering doing those things. When you're actively considering or doing those things, you're acting on them. You are actually getting in your vehicle and you're going to eat and you're going to a movie. So there's a difference between being passive about something or active about something. So being passively suicidal means that you want to die. Being actively suicidal means that you have a plan, you're planning on going through with a plan, you have a date, a time, a method, and you are actively pursuing that. So just as I explained, if it's, it's, it, it could be that way with anything in your life. You can be passively thinking, since you and I are big um, working out people, we like to get out there and move our bodies. If we were passively thinking about going to the gym, that means just that. All we're doing is thinking about it. But if we get in our vehicle or we run to the gym or however we get there, then we are actively doing what we uh, have been considering. So that is the difference. Does that explain it, Billy? Yes, Jenny, I totally understand. Thank you for making that clear for everybody here listening, very clear for myself as well. So now let's dive into what are people saying? You know, we're talking about here the things that are code for I'm passively suicidal. So some examples would be huge right now so people can know what to look out for. Sure. So let me start by saying that um, when a person is considering taking their life, they're usually silent about it. They don't talk about it. They don't want anyone to know it, that this is the norm. Um, the largest percent of people do not talk about it. And simply because it would be uncomfortable for them, it would, they feel it could be uncomfortable for the people that they're um, bringing it up to. And another thing is they, they're, they're afraid that they may be taken into like a, a custodial relationship with an institution, um, let's say 
someone has them institutionalized because they're a danger to their self. We have that law here in our state, and they can be um, held. Even though they're an adult, they can be held for up to 72 hours while they're evaluated um, for their own safety. So that seems to be a big reason why I have found out that people don't want to say that they're suicidal. Um, so they use code words. And in the past, in our podcast, we went through, uh, I don't know how many podcasts um, talking about code words for people that are actively suicidal. These code words or code phrases mean, I'm thinking about suicide. I, I want to die, but I'm only thinking about it at this point, um, which does not make it any less dangerous or risky for them than a person that is actively suicidal. Um, so it, 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 it's important to remember that um, because someone maybe not does not have a plan, um, doesn't have a place, doesn't have a date or time, that does not mean that they don't need help. And it also does not mean that passive cannot turn to active in a split second. I have seen that also. So when someone is passively suicidal, pay attention to that because it could change any second. Um, so let's talk about some phrases that actual uh, people that have been passively suicidal um, they relayed these phrases to um, <clears throat> a website called, what's it called? The Mighty. Um, and when they were asked what, what, if there was anyone that wanted to give their code phrases, there were several people that shared. Um, and I don't have um, an end story on these people. All I know is these are the phrases that they shared and when they were struggling and <clears throat> when they wanted to relay that they were um, thinking about suicide, um, this is, these, these are some of the phrases that they used. So I'm not saying that you're going to remember all of these, but the reason we keep going over and over this type of thing is hopefully you will remember that when you hear someone say one of these or close to one of these. So um, let's see. Let's let's say that these people are asking for help. It's so hard for people to actually say, I need help. Um, because, again, they're, again, they're afraid that they're going to be shipped off to be put on a hold or, you know, they're going to make the situation more uncomfortable than it already is for them. So they say, I need help in many different forms and ways. Some people act out uh, in different ways. Uh, we've talked about that before. Today, we're just going to go over the phrases, meaning I'm passively suicidal. So the first one is I'm just tired. Now, this uh, person who relayed that phrase said that people, when she says this, people 
are thinking she needs to go to sleep. She needs some rest. But what she's really saying is, I'm tired of trying. I'm just tired of life. I'm tired of the whole thing, and I'm actually suicidal. I don't have a plan. I don't have a method or a day or anything like that, but I am suicidal. So when she says, I'm just tired, she is saying, I need help. And I'm going to drive this home with y'all today as we talk about these. Another person relayed, I'm having a bad time. And when this person says, I'm having a bad time, that means directly, as he said, I am suicidal. Um, He doesn't want to use the phrase, I'm suicidal, because he said he doesn't want to guilt people into interacting with him. I've not heard that before. Um, He doesn't want to force people into thinking they have to talk to him about it. Um, Number one, it is an uncomfortable subject. It's a very, very deep subject. It's hard to talk about. Most people don't even know how to react when they do hear the words from someone that they're suicidal. So this person, whether he's being considerate or not of the other person, he's just saying, I'm having a bad time. And to him, that means I'm suicidal. So remember that I'm having a bad time. I'm having a bad time mentally. I don't want to live. So that is something to listen for. Number three, it's been one of those days. And this person says, when she says it's been one of those days, it totally goes over people's heads. And to her, she doesn't want them to know she's suicidal. She's just saying it's been one of those days. And like I said, she doesn't want people to know she's suicidal, even though she is suicidal. She's passively suicidal. She's thinking about it. It's been one of those days means she's had other days like this, and she'll probably have more days like this. And I want you to remember that even though these are phrases that are passively suicidal, it could change in the blink of an eye. Um, I have seen that. I have dealt with people that have lost... um, family members that have been passively suicidal for a very long time. And one little thing threw them off, uh, caused them to take their life, such as an argument with a wife or a husband, um, drinking and getting angry over something, and the person just ends their life right there. Even though they've been passively suicidal for years, Um, so being passively suicidal is not something to ignore or think it's going to go away because if suicide is on someone's mind, um, that, that does, that does not disappear. Um, many, many, many people, suicide enters into their brain, the thoughts of it, and it does not go away. It does not go away. Um, People seek therapy for it. People talk to other people about it. And once it has entered into their brain, like I said, 
to end their life and they start thinking about suicide, it's a very, very, very difficult thing to change that mindset um, for no matter what the reason is. And I hope I'm explaining that. Did, did I get that through, Billy? Yeah, keep going, Jenny. Okay. Number four, I don't want to be here. So I don't want to be here is commonly mistaken for it, as this person says, the current location where they are, such as I don't want to be here right now in this store. I don't want to be here right now in this place. It doesn't mean normally I don't want to be here, period. I don't want to be alive. So that one is kind of more uh, telling than the other ones. Um that we've gone so far. So I don't want to be here. To me, when I hear that, because um, this is what I do uh, every day is help people, and I hear these things and see these things. So when I hear I don't want to be here, my mind goes to a suicidal person. It automatically goes there, and that's how I continue to talk to them and um, listen to what they're saying. So remember that one. I don't want to be here. Number five is I don't care. So when this person said, I don't care, she said, sometimes I just really don't care about anything. That doesn't mean all the time. That doesn't mean she's actively suicidal. She's just saying, I really don't care right now. So that means at that point, she is being passively suicidal. Now, a lot of people say, I don't care. I don't care about numerous things. I don't care. You ask people, what should you do? What should they do? What, you know, what about this situation, that situation? And someone says, I don't care. So that's a whole different thing than other, than, than someone just throwing in the phrase, I don't care. Uh, when you're talking to them, uh, maybe uh, maybe you are asking them about a current situation and they say, I don't care, then that's time to kind of explore that. What do you not care about? Is it the people we're talking about? Is it you that we're talking about? Is it you that you don't care about? Um, your life right now, whatever you can say from the heart to elicit more of a response with any of these would be usually appreciated by these people because what I get from most of these are that it is a clue, it is a code phrase, and that they do want someone to know that they are passively suicidal, but they just aren't going to come out with it and say the word. So that is what I'm getting from most of these, that that they're trying to get someone's attention to listen to them. Hey, I seriously am suicidal. I, I don't care anymore. I don't want to be here. Um, can this be over now? That's another one. So this person said, they say it often referring to uh, a chronic illness they have. Um, they also say, I'm done. Um, when they're frustrated and out of options, they and they also say, I just want to be medicated and thrown away. So this person is also seeking therapy, uh, she said. So 
she is dealing with a therapist and she's saying these things to her therapist. So I'm hoping that her therapist does realize that this person is suicidal and uh, passively suicidal. And with the phrase, I just want to be medicated and thrown away, she's saying that because of her chronic pain, chronic illnesses, and excuse me, I do know uh, of people that have taken their life because of a chronic illness or chronic pain. Those are extremely hard to deal with. And most of the time, these people um, don't discuss it with anyone uh, because they don't want to be a burden. Um, They don't want to be a complainer. Um, They just don't want to live in the illness anymore or their pain anymore. So they they don't discuss it. They might throw out these codes, um, such as this person is doing, can this be over now? Um, and so when someone were to say that to you, you might say, can what be over now? What, what exactly are we talking about? Can you clarify that for me? Um, just just get it out and I'll listen and let's talk about that a little bit more. What would you to say to someone, Billy, if they said, can this be over now? Have any thoughts on that? I think this one is very deep for sure. Obviously, when someone is saying, can this be over now? Like, I, I just, I think about my life and I think about what I'm working towards and who I'm around and how I feel and what's being done. Like the last thing I could ever want is for this to be over. And I think if someone is saying, can this be over now? I mean, they just have to be in the darkest place imaginable to the point where they're saying like, they want this whole deal to end because it's, it's that bad. And, and maybe since, you know, we're talking about, being passively suicidal, like maybe this is just a a subtle way to show that they're hurting, to show that they're really struggling. But when you break it down, like for anyone to say that, even if it's like a joking matter, even if it's just like a little light cry for help, like I really believe something like this should be taken very seriously. I think it's very extreme. I know it might not sound extreme if someone's just saying like oh can this be over now like oh can this be over now like there's so many different ways and tones you can say it but when you think about it like if anyone is putting that out there they have to be in a really rough place mentally because this life is so precious and at the end of the day even if you're not where you want to be if you're around the right people and you're putting out the right energy and you're doing things that give you life, doing things that you love, like you're able to find gratitude and joy in the whole process. So if your process is not a process you want to be involved with, then you just got to make some changes and you got to have some conversations. You got to take action and understand that you're not in a good place. How can I get into a good place? Well, the first step is to talk to someone and and start taking action towards where you want to be, even though that's very, very, very hard to do. Much easier said than done. 
But I digress. I think that if anybody says this, if if you're listening right now and there's someone in your network or someone in your friend group, someone in your family who says, you know, can this be over now, just, you know, often or just once in a while, like, this is your sign to really check in on them and say, like, are you serious about that? Like, what do you mean can this be over now? Like, are you all right? You know, obviously, you know, you say it however you want to say it and you make it very comforting and calm and soothing, but really check in with them and make sure, like, like I, if this is a joke, let's stop joking about it. And if this is serious, let's take some steps towards recovery and getting our mind back to where it needs to be. So that's my take on that whole deal, Jenny. Thank you for asking me and letting me put my two cents in here. You've been doing a great job detailing everything that's been said so far in this episode. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back, maybe squeeze in a couple more. We'll see what happens when we get back from the commercial break. Here we go. We're going to talk to our local sponsors right now. Everybody, we are back here on the program. Thank you so much to our local sponsors for chiming in here on this episode. So Jenny and I have been talking about things that people say that are code for I'm passively suicidal. And Jenny has been doing a knockout job per usual. We've talked about people saying, I'm just tired. I'm having a bad time. It's been one of those days. I don't want to be here. I don't care. And the last one we discussed before the commercial break was, can this be over now? So it looks like we've done six of them, Jenny. We got a couple more minutes here on this podcast episode. So if you want to piggyback off anything I said about can this be over now, go for it. Or if you want to hop right into number seven, you can do whatever you'd like. Well, Billy, I am so grateful that um, you are here with me because you bring some different points of view, some alter alternate ways to think about these, um, what we're talking about. Um, you come from a different era than I do, and you understand um, the people from that era, and I am so grateful that you like to put in your two cents, as you say, <laughs> about what we're talking about, because we need to talk about it. We need to understand that not everyone talks the same. And as I said at the beginning, that when people are reaching out for help, they overwhelmingly do not say, I need help. They use these code phrases and these code words, and that's why we are going through them because when someone needs help, they, they're going to use one of these code phrases or code words. And so let's go on to number seven. Let's see if we can get in a couple more. I want everything to stop. Um, 
so this person says another thing I say is I want everything to stop. When I say this, I'm basically trying to tell those around me that I need help. And there you go. She said it out loud. She documented it. Then when she throws in these code phrases and words, she's telling her people around her that she needs help. Um, everything becomes too much for me. And it's not that I want to die. I just don't know how to handle everything. And I just want to stop existing for a while. So that kind of uh, interested me because she says, I want to stop existing for a while. So she at that point is truly passively suicidal. She has no plan. She doesn't want it to be a permanent thing. She just needs help. She needs help with life or whatever is going on with her. She wants to talk to someone about it. She doesn't want to die. And as we have talked about in the past, people that are suicidal, even when they're actively suicidal, they don't want to die. They want the pain to end, whether it's physical, mental, whatever it is. They want that to end. They want to feel um, normal and safe in their life. And they want people to know that they're just they're a regular person like everyone. They they have a life, they have things in their life, they have loved ones, they have maybe jobs, they have a place where they live, they have social circles. I have never um come across someone that is suicidal that is a total hermit ever. Uh, like a hermit that I'm thinking lives way far back in the mountains all by themselves with a cabin and never has any social interaction. People are not like that normally. You know, that that is unusual behavior. And those are not the type of people that I come across day to day that are suicidal. These people, like I said, have families. They have interests. They have all of these things that we all do, but yet, they, for some reason, don't want to live for a while. I just, I, I'm so thankful that this person shared um, her feelings and that she explained them to us. That for those of us that are just trying to make sense out of these things, that she uses the, the phrase, "I want everything to stop," because she wants to tell people. I need help. She wants them to understand she needs help. And so that is basically what I think everyone is saying when they're being uh, passively suicidal or actively suicidal and they're using these code words and phrases. They're saying, I need help. Please help me. Let me talk or talk to me or listen or whatever it is that we can do to help them. So I, I love that she um, explained this for us and that she also um, said that she wants to stop existing for a while. Um, and I do believe that's what most people think that are actually suicidal in any fashion. They just don't want to be here for a while. They just want to take a break. They want to 
get some, uh, they want to be able to breathe easy. They want their mind to stop. They want their life to slow down to where they can um, get their get their thoughts in order and all that type of thing. That is my take on that. And um, that one it was very interesting. That's another another one, just like can this be over now? This is another one that I would pay some deep attention to because if someone is in that um, deep of a hole where they don't want to be here for a while and they are reaching out for help, we need to pay attention. We need to talk to them or allow them to talk to us and say, what do you mean by everything? What, what do you want to stop? And try to work with them and give them options and alternatives. And many people are just looking for that. They're looking for some idea, ideas of how they can change some things in their life, how they can put those things behind them that are causing them such distress and move on and move forward. And I know, um, Billy, that that is something that you uh, talk about, you're very interested in um, telling people how they can um, move forward in their life no matter what situation they're in. Can you give us a word of wisdom on that, Billy? I would love to. You know, when I think about moving on and when I think about doing things that I love to do and putting myself in position to win, I always just think about how, you know, action, and I've said this so many times on this show, I I know it for sure. I always like (laughs) to say that action alleviates anxiety. You know, we have so much anxiety. We have so much stress. We have so much fear every day about pretty much every possible situation that we can think of. Like there's always fear. There's always anxiety. There's always jitters. There's always maybe sometimes doubt. But as soon as you just start taking action towards whatever it is you can consistently think about all that anxiety, all that fear, all that stress, like it doesn't go away forever, don't get me wrong, but it instantly vanishes in that period of time. And you're able to understand like, wow, like I just spent so much time being upset, being frustrated, being worried, being scared of something that isn't going to kill me. It's not going to put me in any bad situation. It's like so many people are afraid to take a risk. I think a risk to me is like like bungee jumping off of a cliff or tightrope walking <laughs> across buildings or jumping out of an airplane, right? To me, right. those are a risk. Because you can actually die. You can die doing anything that I just mentioned. But if you quit your job, you want to quit your job, you want to break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, get out of a terrible relationship, if you want to start a podcast, if you want to start posting on social media, if you want to start wearing certain clothes out in public, you will not die. 
from any of that. So there is no risk because you will still get to breathe air, wake up the next day, and do it all over again. You know, so many times people are so afraid to do things just because they're afraid of failing and they're afraid of getting their ego checked, which is just awful and ridiculous. Like, screw your (laughs) ego, dump that that freaking guy at the door and never speak to that son of a gun ever again. Your ego has to be thrown out the window, should have been thrown out the window years ago. And another reason why people don't do what they really want to do is because they're afraid of what other people have to say. And it's like, okay, so you don't want to do something because, oh, you don't want to look a certain way and you don't want people to think of you in some way. It's like, okay, so say you fail, you get your ego checked. Say people hate you or disrespect you or make fun of you. What did you lose? You lost nothing. You gained a learning opportunity through trying something and maybe failing at it. Maybe you succeeded. Who knows? And you lost irrelevant jerks who aren't supposed to be in your life. They're going to make fun of you because they're jealous of you. They're going to talk smack about you because they wish they had your confidence. So in the end, you're risking nothing because you're not going to die by starting a YouTube channel. You're not going to die by breaking up with your awful partner. You're not going to die when you quit your job. You're just going to have to make a crazy life transformation which is super key when you're trying to build up your life. You can't do the same thing every single day, the same thing every month, same thing every year, and expect to elevate and expect to grow. There's principles and fundamentals that you follow and habits that you build that, yes, you do every single day. But in terms of, like, the moves you make and the things you do to get better, you have to be doing things differently. And when you do things differently – That means you're changing, you're evolving. And it's scary to change, it's scary to evolve, it's scary to get to that next level because you're going into uncharted territory, you've never been there before. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into. But you know you're being pulled towards it, and the more you do not take action, the more you sit back, the more you resist, the more you're going to regret in the future, and you're just going to wish that you did it when you're older. You're going to be on your deathbed. You're going to be 80, 90, 100 years old, and all you're going to be thinking about is, damn, when I was 25 or 29 or 36, like, why did I not do this stuff? Like, what the heck? So take action. Let it alleviate your anxiety and embrace the hard because if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. But the people who do do it, the ones who want the hard, they end up living those beautiful lives that we all want to live. So stay inspired by people who are successful, people who you look up to, people who are doing it, and just know that you can do it too if you just take action. How does that sound? That is a wonderful, wonderful pep talk. I love it. It made me smile, and I know it's going to make our listeners smile and look forward to tomorrow. And, you know, Billy, we get, as humans, so comfortable in our living situations and comfortable in our, you know, the way we do things and all that kind of stuff. And so when we have to or we should move forward 
and we're past that. Let's say we're graduating from high school. So we have been used to going to school for 12 years, for 12 years. We have been going to school. It's an institution no matter where you go. And we've been learning, and we've been with mainly the same people usually. Um, and now suddenly we're, we're graduating. And all of that is behind us. All of that that we knew and we're comfortable with is suddenly thrown us out into this cold, cruel world. And we don't know what to do. And like you said, it's scary. It's, it's a place that we're not sure we want to be. Um, we don't even know what we're going to do when we get there the next day, you know. So it's it's like you said, we um, we get in that comfort zone and the things that have um, nothing to do with our future, such as um, the people that may diss you because you're changing your lifestyle or you're wearing something different than you normally do or you dyed your hair pink or whatever the thing, what do they have to do in the scheme of things? They have nothing to do in the long-term scheme of things. And so many people that are suicidal, whether it be passively or actively, act in the moment. Um, and like you said, they they haven't looked towards the future in a positive fashion has always been it's usually in a negative fashion and they're afraid of the future for whatever reason or they're deeply hurt for something else and they they're not sure how to proceed with that so that's kind of um where we're going with all of these things all of our talks is Let's let's learn how to proceed, like Billy said, with our lives in a in a in a way that is healthy, in a way that um, we can help each other, and we can teach each other how to proceed in a healthy fashion if we're doing it. Also, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense, Jenny, and I really appreciate you honoring and respecting the words that I said and doing a great job of piggybacking and stacking up what you just said to really fit the whole picture here. So anybody listening, just understand one more time, you know, this life is supposed to be hard. So we have to do what's hard because doing what's hard is doing what's right. We got to do the right thing. We got to do the hard things. And over time, you will be rewarded for doing what is challenging. People who choose the easy route, people who stay comfortable, people who settle, they'll go their whole lives waiting for some lucky break or some magical thing to come their way, and it's never going to come their way. So they're going to get more upset, more depressed, more sad, and you know it's just going to be an unfortunate life forever. But if you're constantly trying, you're constantly failing, you're constantly being yourself, putting yourself out there, maybe for the next couple weeks, months, even the next few years, you won't see anything. But you'll look back and you'll know, okay, I'm making progress. Maybe I haven't made the money or have that, like, overall success that I'm, like, wishing for and working towards, but, like, I'm getting closer to it. And in five years from now, 10 years from now, 
you're going to thank yourself every day that you did what's hard and you did what's right. So there's my microphone drop, Jenny. (laughs) I appreciate you so much, and I appreciate your words of wisdom because I know they come from your experiences, from your life, from your heart. You're not just jibber-jabbering at us because it's something you read in a book. It's something that you lived and you are living such as I am too. And I know the people out there are also living it. So I'm glad, Billy, that you locked us into that and that you are teaching us how to move forward in a positive fashion for ourselves. And if we can do that for ourselves, then we can help other people do it too. You know it, baby. We are locked in. <laughs> so I think I think we're done for the day. I think we'll we will carry on the next episode and finish this up. How do you feel about that? Sounds great to me, Jenny. Thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate all of your time and we're always here for you. And Jenny, thanks for being the best in the game. So much respect. Thank you, Billy, and we'll be talking soon, everyone. You've been listening to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast Safe Talk with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Jenny Hunter is the founder of JR's Hunt for Life, a suicide prevention nonprofit movement offering hope and support globally. I'm Billy Floyd. I'm a podcast host, a media broadcaster, and most importantly, a positive influencer. Sounds of Soul Music is courtesy of Fearless Motivation. Find out more about JR's Hunt for Life at jrshuntforlife.org. If someone in your life is feeling suicidal, it's important to take immediate action. Here are some steps you can take to help. Number one, stay calm and listen. It's important to approach the situation with a calm demeanor. Listen to their concerns and validate their feelings. No judgments. Let them know you're there to help and support them. Number two, take it seriously. It's crucial to take any suicidal thoughts or feelings seriously. Don't downplay or dismiss their concerns. And don't promise confidentiality if you feel the person is in immediate danger. Number three, seek professional help. Encourage the person to seek help from a mental health professional like a therapist or a counselor. Offer to help them make an appointment and offer to accompany them to their first session. Be sure to follow through. Number four, call emergency services. If the person is in immediate danger, call 911. If it's safe for you, stay with the person until professionals are with them and continue to offer support. Number five, remove potential means. If you know the person has access to firearms, medications, or other potentially lethal objects, try to remove them from the person's immediate environment as long as it's safe for you to do so. 
If it is not safe for you to remove potential means, advise emergency services of the situation. Remember, suicidal thoughts and feelings are a sign of intense emotional pain and should be taken very seriously. By offering support and taking appropriate action, you can help someone in crisis get the help they need. Another thing to know is that 988, the National Crisis Line, which used to be 1-800-LIFELINE, cannot track your location unlike 911. Therefore, they cannot directly send an ambulance to you and must make several phone calls to do so. Additionally, when you call 988, they will connect you to a regional crisis center based on the area code from which you were calling. So it's essential to know the appropriate crisis line to call based on your location and the level of crisis. If someone actually did something to try to not be alive, call 911 or take them to the ER. If they are thinking about doing something, consider calling 988 first. They can help you decide if you need to take additional steps. Action and ideas are two different things. You can learn how to tell them apart and what to do about it, as well as find more information and support around suicide prevention by joining our private Facebook group at JR's Hunt for Life, a confidential safe space where there's no judgment and talk saves lives.